Okay, welcome and thank you to all of you joining us for uh, another session in the Jane webinar series. Uh, I'm Richard Rastusha, Vice President of Water Management Solutions for Jane Irrigation. And today we're gonna be talking about the ultimate guide to creating and managing a water budget. Um, now this is really fascinating to me because as you look in places like Arizona, California, some of the leading states in uh, water management, you start to see a lot of people talking about water budgets, measuring to water budgets, and charging people money according to their budget. And what we found and, and seen a little bit is that uh, people don't know necessarily how to create a budget. If they don't know how to create the budget, they're not sure of how to manage to it. And then after they figure out this budget and how to manage to it, it becomes really important to uh, understand how to communicate this to your boards and in HOAs, uh, the, the people living in the communities, and then of course uh, for the commercial properties, the uh, commercial property managers. So today we're really fortunate to have back a couple presenters that uh, did a really nice job for us uh, a few months ago or about a month and a half ago. Uh, first is Jim Kauth. Um, if you know uh, water management in Arizona, you know Jim's name. Uh, anything to do with HOAs or golf course irrigation, you know Jim's been a real leader in Arizona for water management in those areas. We're very fortunate to have him here today to, uh, to, to guide us through uh, the water uh, budget side of this. And then we also have Ken Olson today, and Ken's the managing partner of Olson Business Solutions, uh, and which, is, um, which is a great company, but what it really feeds off of is years and years of large HOA management experience. And for all of you that have been involved with HOAs, you know how difficult that management can be uh, Ken's really uh, a professional in it, has been a professional in it for a long time. We have a lot to learn from him on that as well. And then uh, finally, we have Andy Bellingeri. Uh, he's the National Sales Manager for Jane Irrigation. And Andy works with Jim and Ken closely in uh, helping customers uh, manage to water budgets. So uh, Andy kind of brings this practical side to us as well. Uh, Andy does a great job for Jane. He's a uh, Hort major out of BYU and has worked in the horticultural industry or landscape industry for, uh, for the last 20 years. So we're really excited to have all these guys uh, today. So welcome. Thank you. So um, first, I, I kind of wanted to start off with Jim uh, and talk about, you know, water budgets in general. Jim, why are, why are these important? What's, uh, how come they're coming under the microscope so much these days? Well, I, I think the number one question that I have uh, when I go onto a property or I'm asked to come onto a property and it's because the water bills are so high. And uh, I, my, the question I ask every time I walk in the door is, well, how much water does the landscape need? And everybody looks at me with a blank look on their face, like, what are you talking about? And I said, no, seriously, how much water is needed by the landscape? How do you know if your water bill's high or if it's low or if it's correct? if you don't know how much water the landscape actually requires to be vibrant. And so it all begins with, with a budget. It all begins with developing a landscape budget. Whether you're a contractor bidding on a new property, you, you wanna go ahead and you wanna develop a budget, a water budget for that property, so that when you make your presentation, you, know, you really know what you're talking about and how much water that landscape needs. So hopefully today we're gonna to get into this and how to do a water budget for a landscape and uh, help a lot of people with that. Yeah, so uh, that, that, that's great and it's really interesting and um, I, I get the importance, we all get the importance, we're, we're into water 
Uh, Ken, what about the property managers or the HOAs? Do they get it too? What, what do we need to do about that? Well, I think the first, first time a lot of water uh, people start looking at water management is when all of a sudden a board member or somebody in their finance committee says, hey, how come we're spending so much on this utility water here? And so they start, but they don't have the background to really understand how it's all constructed. So they're just simply increasing the budget, you know, a, a certain percent every year just to cover the, you know, potential rate increases or maybe higher usage. So, right, quite frankly, they don't really know and they try to reach out and find out. Uh, and usually their first call is going to be their landscape uh, provider because that's who does their irrigation. And unfortunately, they don't have the background that a person like Jim has in terms of giving them the skill sets and the understanding so they can become a little bit more knowledgeable in terms of what to look for. So that's yeah. kind of a, a dilemma we have in the industry right now, really. Right. So Andy, you worked uh, for a landscaper, Valley Crest, for a lot of years uh, as account manager and as a business developer as well. I mean, you were really hands-on. Did you get a lot of these questions from, uh, from HOAs? Yeah, you get a lot of these questions and, and uh, you know, from a contractor perspective, you work so hard to develop a, a trust and rapport with uh, not just the community manager, but the board of directors, the landscape committee. That becomes key. Uh, it becomes a key piece of this from a contractor perspective is, is uh, having that trust. So when these questions do come up, they believe you. They they trust the data you're going to provide. There, there's there's a uh, they they believe that the the stats you're using are actually real. You know, one of the biggest things that I see now, and I saw it. I've, I've seen it for the past 20 years. Is unfortunately, you get some contractors who you know kind of spoil it for the rest of us, right? You get you get con when it comes to water management, for example. You get a contractor who, yeah, I'll sell you I'll sell you water management it's an empty promise. It's, it's a, it's an opportunity to charge for a service, but never getting the results that they need. Now, some contractors, I think do that unintentionally. Others are intentional, but you know, the key thing to going back to what Jim said earlier, it all starts with a budget. Too few of them understand that a budget is, or what a budget is, that it's more than just, well, I used a hundred gallons last year. I'm going to use 110 this year because, uh, that's what we do with budgets. We add 10% every year. <laughs> so, right. That's what we do to your sales budget, right? We just increase it every year, right? <laughs> yeah, 20%. <laughs> yeah, so that's the way it goes. But it doesn't work that way with water management. You need you need to have an actual budget. And, and that budget has got to be based on real numbers. And for the board to get buy-in, there's got to be trust. So, you know, my experience at, at Valley Crest and at Par 3 is making sure it's it's you have a you have the, the the trust and the rapport and the buy-in from the decision makers so that you can actually not just not just approve the the purchase of of whether it's the technology or the service but then actually get the results you know the old saying garbage in garbage out if you start with bogus numbers to begin with you're you're uh you're you're screwed from the get-go for uh, lack of a better word <laughs> right so Okay. All right. Great. So Jim, we kind of have an idea of what a water budget is now, right? Um, uh, can you step us through how to create one? Sure. I have a, I have a short slide presentation I'm going to add to this. That's all right. Yeah. So, no, that'd be great to see. Um, let me, let me go ahead and put that on. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty visual learner. So uh, this is uh, right. helpful. So that's a beautiful picture. Well, first of all, water management requires a water budget. 
how do you manage water if you don't first have a budget to manage it with? So, so the first step is creating a water budget. And uh, I'm going to let, I, I, I'm just, I just, I'm going to have Ken, because he's in the uh, management of HOAs, talk about this next slide for a second. Yeah, it comes down to uh, when we do our budgets right now, this time of year, the uh, HOAs are starting to think about their budget for next year already. So that starts in July and August. And so what they typically do is they're, they're not even looking at gallons, they're looking at dollars. And mm -hmm. so it would be nice, you know, they looked at their historical dollars, not their actual usage, that would be really great. But they have no concept of really what, how much water was used. So one of the things that's really important is to recognize as a manager and as a board that we have to start looking at everything in terms of gallons and use that measuring stick instead of dollars. The dollars can be very deceiving because it really hides what you're really doing. So this really what we're trying to do is kind of create an idea where we, you know, go to somebody and say, hey, how do I actually know how to calculate what I should be using? So that's when, that's when I pick up the phone and I call uh, Jim Cowell to help me out. So Jim, that's really, that was my first call was to you after our water committee said, hey, we, gotta, we think we're using too much water, but we're really not sure. So that's what I left it open to Jim. Yeah. So Ken, how, how did you get your past uh, usage? Is this something the association does, goes back to the, to the water agency, or do they give the uh, authorization to Jim to do it for you? Uh, actually, we could, we could have done it, but Jim says, look, just give me the information. If you're willing to do that, I will take and compile it all for you and tell you where your usage is and take a look at it. So you, all of a sudden, next thing is there's a big request for all the bills for last year. And then he totals and tallies it all up. And for him to look at the bill, he can explain that later on. But uh, looking at the bills brought us into some other areas in water management that was really we never even thought of before. And that's part of another conversation. But uh, yes, Jim was the guy that really orchestrated that whole that whole effort to find out where the dollars or where the gallons were used. Right. Yeah. And I know um, back when I was doing a lot of water analysis, I used to say the hardest part of my job is getting the water bills. Right. So we have <laughs> yeah, the HOAs just sign an authorization form that allowed me to go get them. Yep. And that made it easy. Is that what you do, Jim? In some cases, yes, with, uh, it, but most properties have a spreadsheet. They already have an Excel spreadsheet where they're keeping track of it. And uh, normally what I ask for is the hard copies of one month and then just a spreadsheet of the whole year. Yeah, I can see the higher end properties are calling you and not me, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk about what is water management. So water management is watering to a budget. You want to use the least amount of water you need to keep the landscape vibrant and healthy. So water management is not taking water away from the landscape and killing everything out there because with most properties, the landscaping is the biggest asset on the property beside the buildings. So water management is watering to a budget. We're gonna get into that, how you do that. And then you want to just give the landscape the amount of water it needs and you have to use ET. So I'll get into ET and what all that means. I know a lot, there's a lot of people watching who understand ET, but I'm, I'm gonna demonstrate it to you what, what I'm talking about. So how much water is enough? 
so like I said earlier, when I would walk in, people would call me in because the water bills were through the roof. And the first thing I would do when I stepped in the door, besides asking for those water bills, it's that I would say, I need the square footage or the total acreage of turf on this property. Now, sometimes they'll have that information available. If they don't, then what I do is I use Google Earth Pro and you're able to do polygons with Earth Pro and it'll give you the square footage in acres of the turf. Um, it just takes a little time to get used to doing Google Earth Pro, but you can do it. There's other GIS measurement tools out there, but Google Pro, I mean, yeah, Earth Pro is free. So if you need to do this, you can do that. I also use quite a lot the assessor's office, the county assessor's office, and I will go on their website and they have great tools and you can even get better photos, more current photos than Google Earth Pro. And, uh, and, you, and you can uh, you know, outline those areas a lot better. So you need the square footage of turf or the turf in acres. And then you need to know how many trees and shrubs, how many acres or square feet of trees and shrubs that you have. But so, first I gotta talk about ET. So, so Jim, if, if we wanna go to Google Earth or the assessor's office, this works for an HOA, it works for a golf course, it works for a farm field. I mean, it's the same for, for all anything. Yeah, okay. And anything. And the, the, sometimes I'll use Maricopa County because, uh, or the county office, because they're taking aerial photos every six months. And sometimes Google Earth Pro is a little dated. Mm -hmm. So I, I might go to the county's office, the county assessor's office. But whatever state you're living in, if they don't have a local assessor's office where they have that, just go to Google Earth Pro. You can get some great numbers. So I want to talk about ET. So ET is evapotranspiration. And, you know, people are probably fed up with hearing about ET. But I, it's, it's so important because what irrigation management is, is watering to ET. So let's just talk about the crop. The crop can be the turf grass. It can be the maple tree. It can be the lantana shrub. It can be whatever it is. It's a crop. And so actually what happens is each plant takes out of the ground moisture in the soil. It uses that moisture to carry nutrients up into the plant. And then the plant through photosynthesis transpires or perspires moisture out of the plant. So what ET is, it's a measurement of how much perspiration the plant or the turf is doing and how much evaporation the ground is doing because the purpose of ET is to just put back into the ground what the plant used or what evaporated. I'll say that again. The purpose of using ET is to put back what was taken out by the plant or through evaporation. In Arizona right now, it's 109 degrees out. I guarantee you there's a lot of evaporation going on. The plants at my house are stressed during the month of July because they're transpiring a lot of water. So that's what ET is. So wh what I want you to understand is you don't water plants, you water soil. Plants need the water in the soil. So the slide on the left where it says soil, that's soil that's depleted of all the water. When you add water to the soil, now you have a soil water mixture. 
if that soil water mixture goes below the root of whatever crop you're growing, you have just killed your landscape. Does everybody understand that? So you have to keep that, mo that moisture in there. So all you wanna do, you know what? I, I'm gonna do a demonstration. Everybody, can, can everybody see this glass of tea? Yeah. I have a glass of tea, okay. So this glass of tea represents the soil outside of my yard and I'm a plant. So watch this, you see that my tea's up to there, watch. Now, I drank about a half an inch. So what I would want to do is I would want to replace that half an inch. If there's no need for me to pour the whole amount back in, so I just take my little tea container, right? And I pour back in what I drank. That's watering to eat tea. Here's what most people do. <laughs> Does that I make sense? didn't know that was... <laughs> Does that make sense? That's exactly what they do. Okay, so excuse me for one second. <laughs> so, how about that for a demonstration? <laughs> anyway, so in Arizona, Arizona uses ET to determine what your water allotment is. In Arizona, all facilities that have over 10 acres of turf grass are given an annual water allotment. Now, California has the same thing. Other states have the same thing. Now, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna use Arizona as an example. Now, this is the water allotment in the Phoenix area. This allotment would be different if you were in Tucson or Flagstaff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in Marin County, your ET rate is different than that of Bakersfield. So wherever you're living, you have a specific annual ET rate. What does that mean? If it, sa it says right here, it says one acre of turf. You can see it right here, one acre of turf. And in the Phoenix area, you have to put back in the ground 1.6 million gallons of water a year. 1.6 million gallons is 59 inches. If you take one inch of water over an acre is 27,000. 154 gallons. One inch of water equals 27,154 gallons. So if you take 59 inches and multiply it by 27,000, you're going to get this $1.6 million figure. Now that turf, that budget for turf, that allotment for turf includes overseeding in the wintertime, and that is the allotment for high quality turf. This is for stuff that you see on the golf course. So now so it, you, you would say that go you ahead. Would say that budget's pretty generous then. I would say the budget is generous to a point, and I'll explain that to you in just a minute. So we know that one acre of trees and shrubs don't require the same amount of water as turf. Turf, it's a hundred percent dense of turf because your whole area but with shrubs and trees you don't have shrubs and trees completely blanketing the non-turf areas so for one acre of shrubs and trees the state of arizona gives you 488,000 gallons per year that's 18 inches that you get to put back in the ground if you take 18 multiply it by 27,154 you get 48 4, 488,000 gallons 
I don't care where you live. You could live on Guam. You can find out what the ET rate is there. If you contact a local university, they keep all the ET rates. You contact any weather department, they know all these ET rates. They can give you all this information. Most states publish this every day on their websites. So you can find out what the ET is for turf and the ET for non-turf if you just contact the water department of whatever state you're in. But I want you to understand if, if you're in, like I said, if you're in Phoenix, your ET rate is much higher than Tucson. And it's much, much higher than Flagstaff. So, Jim, so I want you to understand I'm using these numbers because in this area, in the Phoenix area, this is the allotment. This is the rate. And what happens if you go over your allotment? What happens? Well, okay. So for they can find you up to each acre foot that you go over $10,000. Wow. Wow. So that's pretty so, significant incentive to conserve. Yes. So I've worked on properties that were two, 300 acre feet over their allotment. And, and, and we had to go to the state and put on a really good dog and pony show and explain to them that this isn't gonna happen. And that's why they brought me in. Yeah. And so I go to the state, we do a workout plan, we make promises to them and they waive all the fees. The reason states do this, not just Arizona, but other states do this, is they'd rather have you spend the money improving your system and lowering your water usage than funding the government. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. I'd like to say that I came up with that, but I didn't. That was told to me by a state official. Yeah. Anyway, so what we're doing is we're looking at a very small HOA in Phoenix called the Durango HOA. And what I've done on here is I've done polygons of all the turf areas and polygons of all the DG areas. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say DG, the non-turf areas. DG is an Arizona, uh, it's, a, it's what we call non-turf areas here because it means decomposed granite because we cover all of our non-turf areas with rock. So on this, on this HOA, I simply took the little tool they gave me, and I outlined all those areas, added it up, and it, this HOA has seven acres of turf and 12 acres of non-turf. And then what I did is, you know, there's roadways in there. You can see that, you can actually see like, like this, is the, this is the parking, the roadway in it. And then in the back here, you can see the landscaping. So I just, and this was hard. I mean, normally they're a lot easier than this. I don't know why I use this one as an example. This was very difficult to do, but most of the time you're just looking at a park of grass and you just outline it with your polygon. And after you do and you click it, it'll tell you the exact how many acre feet or how many square feet that is. If you use Google Earth Pro, it's very easy to do this. So on this HOA, I figured out that there's seven acres of turf, 12 acres of non-turf areas. You know what, a lot of these HOAs, a lot of these facilities, they know these numbers, Richard. They can tell them to you. We have 5.5 acres of turf and 200 acres of DG. So a lot of them already know this. People have done this GIS measurements in the past. Yeah, hopefully all the landscape companies making a bid. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Generally, what happens is, is when you bid on a property, they provide this information to you to make the bid. So let's get into it. Let's actually do a water budget. So how many acres of turf did we say the Durango HOA had? Seven acres. How many acres of landscaping, non-turf, 12? So you'll remember I said for each acre of turf, you get 1.6 million gallons. So it's simple. Multiply seven times 1.6. That's your budget for just the turf. Now, if you take the 12 acres of non-turf and multiply it by the gallons that you see there for 488, now you've got 5.8 million. So the total allotment for this property would be $17 million. I'm talking about allotment, folks. I'm not talking about the budget. What I'm giving you is how much the maximum amount of water you can use on that property. You don't ever want to use the maximum amount of water. So below, so according to the state of Arizona, the maximum allotment would be 17 million. The budget should be 70% of that figure. Okay, so now let me explain why I'm saying 70%, yeah. okay? So ET rates are calculated by weather satellites. There are weather satellites throughout the Phoenix area that are taking ET readings. These weather satellites use a formula and the formula that they use, they bring in what the weather temperature is during the year, what the wind was, uh, humidity, they bring in all this information and then they put it into a formula. The formula that they use has a uh, a cushion in it, let's just say that. The formulas were developed 30, 40 years ago. And so there's a cushion in there of about 30%. So if you water to ET, if you, if you were to go out there and water exactly to ET, listen to what I'm saying to you, you will overwater your landscape. So Jim, the 70% is your number or that's from the water? No, the 70% is my number. So, no, actually, my number, if this was my property and I was managing the water, my number would be 53% because I'm an expert water manager. But for the norm out there, I don't expect people to know what I know about watering. So for the norm out there, you want your budget to be 70% of your maximum ET. Does, Does that make sense? So I know that people who are watching this, okay, you're a property manager and you're watching this and you have a budget and and you need to know how to come up with what the water budget should be so that you can talk to your contractor and say, hey, based upon technology and ET, this is the maximum amount of water and this is where we should be. So the property manager would give the landscaper two numbers. Here's the most you can ever go to, and here's where we want to see it. Does that make sense? Ken, you might want to chime in on that. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. What Ken, how, how valuable is this information to property managers? Well, <clears throat> I would say it's extremely valuable because the one thing you want to do in an HOA, there's, there's two major issues you've got. Number one, you want to know what you're buying, okay? 
And so you get to help, you know, you work together with your, uh, with your vendor to uh, come up with the right, you know, have the right numbers. And sometimes you can do this together. But after all, at the end of the day, what do they want to do? The HOA wants to save money by reducing water use. And if you're pumping groundwater, uh, that's going to be pretty expensive. And so you can save a lot of money right there. So there, number one, there's a, a dollar incentive. So it's very valuable there. And then the real big hook is, is you've got a compliance requirements because a state, if you've got more than 10 acres of turf grass, for, as an example, if you've got more than 10 acres, then you have to file reports every year with the state. And they monitor that. And if you go over that, then you're subject to the fines as Jim was talking to. So the big issue there is not only can you save money, but you can stay out of trouble with the state uh, water department too. So compliance is a big factor in all this too. Yeah, so what are the landscapers doing? Are they going out and reading the meters weekly, monthly? How, how do they do this? Well, what landscapers require, they require property managers to be their partner. They need the property manager to take these bills that they're getting in every month, put them on a spreadsheet and provide it to them. So on the properties that we manage, the, the, the property managers and I work very close. And as soon as those numbers come in, as soon as those bills come in, they put them on spreadsheets and within 24 hours, I get the spreadsheets. Now, what we do when we get the spreadsheets is we know where every water meter is located on the property. And we know what our programming generated on that water meter and how much water it should show. Now, this is really getting into the weeds on this, so I don't want to lose anybody here, but, and, and I'm not expecting contractors and everybody to do all of this, but what we do is we look at the water bills every month and we can spot an anomaly. We can say, no, our programming should have only generated 600,000 gallons on that two inch water meter. We're seeing 1.4 million. That generates an alert and we send people out there to investigate and normally we find a main line broken somewhere or there's an issue out there. And so if you're not watching those bills every month, you can lose out. Let me talk about dollars. In Arizona, that 17 million gallon allotment would cost you $102,000. Holy smokes. <laughs> so 17 million gallons in the Phoenix area would cost you $102,000. So if you were to lower it from 17 million down to 11.9, your water bill would be 71,000. So what happens on properties where we work, we're talking about much bigger water bills than this, right? So we lower water bills as much as a million dollars a year. So we're not talking about chicken feed here. So if the water usage goes from 289 million down to 195 million, that are, that's significant dollars. So in Arizona, Nevada, California, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, water is gold. Yeah. It's hey, gold. Jim, can I, could I throw something in sure. on that too? As far as the manager and as the board is concerned, uh, one of the things we got into uh, working on is, is we made sure we provided a spreadsheet of our water use and compared it uh, with year-to-date values and compared it to last year's values against the water budget. So we're actually running our actual gallons that are being used just like we're looking at our financial budget the same way. And every month in my, the, my manager's report, I would actually have 
that spreadsheet indexed, of course, with every month that was added, and we could see how we're doing uh, every year. And it's been very successful. We even went to the point where one board member said, you know, this is really valuable. I want to know where we're at, because a lot of the residents are very concerned about you know, increases, assessment increases and everything. So we went to another system in addition to that is if the numbers, if the number is uh, uh, below the, uh, the number, you know, in other words, we're, let's say we're, we're using too much water and so we should be lower. Uh, if we're using more water than our budget, then we, we flag that, that little square in the spreadsheet is red. If we're okay, it's green. So it's everybody understands red and green. So the board and the managers, everybody can look at this and it's available for all the residents. Every resident can see this report. They understand if we're red or green, and I'm telling you right now that you might run a little red sometimes during the summer, but during the winter months and the rest at the end of the year, I can tell you with this management, we set a budget. Uh, I think, our, what was the budget, Jim? Was 110 million? Was our budget? Right, the, the budget on one property is 110 million right that's the budget but we average about 85 87 million and the board looks at that as money in their pocket every single year and then it allows us to put the dollars in the real budget together knowing what our real usage is going to be so it's a very valuable tool plus we're on the compliance side we're doing really well so i think this is a, a really critical effort for any community manager to be uh, analyzing and working with their landscapers uh, and, and water managers to get this done right. Ken, did the, uh, did the residents appreciate that too? Oh, they, I'm telling you right now that it is such a factor that they all love, it's an executive summary, right? And so they look at this and they say, you know, this is marvelous. They, they, we haven't had a question, you know, usually you get questions on landscaping or irrigation. And, you know, it's like, how come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? Once we started providing this kind of information, I don't think we heard a peep out of anybody for six months. Yeah. I mean, it was seriously, uh, you answer the questions before they're even asked. And I think it's really great. Yeah, it is great because it, uh, it gives an opportunity to make them uh, uh, sustainability champions in their own uh, HOAs as well. And they love sharing that with their fellow communities around them <laughs> when they're doing well. Right. It's always competitive, you know? So I think it's a really good tool. And I, I think for as easy it is to create this, I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Richard, before I move on, are, does, do people have some questions on this? Yes. There so, yeah, there was a question here about uh, uh, that you look at each of the meters to identify if there's an abnormality, you know, a spike. Right. And uh, to get that data or to get to that point, do you just use the rates of uh, the flow rates of each zone on the meter or is there some other way that you do that? So what we do is um, when we get the water bills in, the water bills, of course, tell us the amount of water usage on that meter. We also have, in some cases, we have flow meters that tell us how much water went through that area. But in a lot of cases, we don't have flow meters. For, for, for certain reasons, sometimes we're unable to put flow on irrigation management on controllers. But what we do is, is we still, we know how many runtime minutes that we're running on that clock that's that's attached to that water meter. And, and over a period of years of doing this, I know how much each water meter should be generating each month. We're talking thousands 
of water meters, if you understand what I'm saying. Right. But, but what we do is we're only looking for the anomaly. We're only looking for the spike, something that stands out. So when we get our spreadsheets in, the person who does the spreadsheet will look at the usage and they'll highlight the entry box with red to let me know, hey, this doesn't look right. Something looks wrong here. And then, and then I review it. And then what we do is we send an inspector out there to that water meter, to that clock to see what's going on because, because of the anomaly there. Yeah, so That's Andy, just one of the things. Yeah. yeah. So Andy, if somebody was using a ET water smart controller with flow sensing, how hard would it be to run a report or figure out that you have high flow in an area? Man, they'd, they'd pick that up right away. They'd get, uh, they'd get an alert every day if there was uh, high water usage or low water usage. You look in uh, the desert environments, Vegas, Phoenix, uh, even parts of California, you can have plugged emitters. You could have uh, maybe a valve that's not firing. You'll get that alert, right? That uh, you're either using too much water or not enough water. So, um, you know, yeah, the benefit of having, you know, pairing the, the flow control with the smart controller like ET Water is that you'll get those alerts and it'll show you uh, what's going on, uh, the, how much flow is, you know, and what, what zone, what controller we're at in the landscape. So you can get out there and solve that the day of versus waiting until the end of the month. So that becomes a really valuable tool in management from a contractor perspective. Yeah. And so Jim, we have one other question I want you to answer before we move on here to the next slide. But um, so this allotment for turf and for uh, other desert landscape, does it consider a crop coefficient or are they not using a crop coefficient in that uh, allotment? Yes. The, so the, the crop coefficient for turf is turf. Uh, when they come up with the allotments. And then for, uh, in, in the Phoenix area, uh, we call it desert landscaping because there's no tropical landscaping here. Uh, if you were in another area like California, your, uh, your crop coefficient would be different depending on the plant material that's in the non-turf areas. So exactly, there is a different coefficient for that. And uh, you can get that that information from the state or from the county or even from the university or the colleges, they'll provide you with this information. Right, but that is built into the allotment. Oh, it is, it is yeah. built into okay. the allotment, correct. Okay, great, thank you. Yeah, so, uh, so what the, what's key here is, is, okay, so let's say we got the water bills from this Durango HOA and the water bills show that they use 27 million gallons. Okay, so 27 million gallons is 10 million gallons over their allotment. Is everybody with me? Yep. Okay, so let's say you're 10 million gallons over your allotment. If you take 10 million gallons and divide that by a magical number, it's called 325,851. That's gonna, we're gonna take it from gallons and we're gonna move it into acre feet. So if we did that, we would be 30 acre feet over our allotment. Is everybody with me on this? Uh, my wallet's hurting gallons. already. Yeah, 10 million gallons is 30 acre feet. Now, what did I say the fine was per acre foot? I heard 10,000. Okay, up to $10,000. So this HOA or this property could be exposed to a $300,000 fine. This is why water management is so important. Now, what happens generally is 
the state sends you a wonderful nasty gram letter that says you've exceeded your allotment and do not pass go, do not collect $200, go directly to jail. And what they want you to do is come into the state and sit down with them and explain to them what happened, why you exceeded it or why you think you exceeded it and give them a management plan on how you're gonna improve next year. Does this all make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they don't normally come down, they don't like to find people, but your exposure is there. So can imagine you're living in the small HOA and you're enjoying your life there, then all of a sudden you get a notice that everybody's gonna get assessed X amount of dollars because you overwater. What, what, would, what would that say to the values of the homes in the HOA? Yeah, so it, water is gold, folks. It's really important. It's it's it's. I can't stress it enough. Yeah. Anyway, every every, uh, every buyer comes in right to an HOA, and two of their first questions are, "What's the HOA fee monthly?" and "Has there been any special assessments recently?" and and if it's bad and it's not managed, it it hurts the property values. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Ken, you had to deal with a lot of that, right? Yeah, I would say that one of the things that I've been doing this management uh, gig here for about 17 years. And uh, over that period of time, you know, water was really not even a consideration in your budget. It was uh, when we first started, you know, people were using flood irrigation for that matter, and they didn't care. Water was a non-issue. Now, all of a sudden, it's getting to be a major issue, and the state's making an issue. And now people are scrambling to say, what do we do? And what we're, so what we're trying to do is in, in this whole, whole aspect of all this, whether it be Jane Irrigation or the water management people like Jim or HOA, people like myself, what you're trying to do is educate, educate the industry so that they're a little bit better tuned into what we need to be doing. And I think that um, uh, one of the things I can't stress enough is we, we need the professionals around us to help give us advice. And then of course the board makes an informed management decision, right? And then they start, they put in, uh, they put in the, all the proper equipment and the smart technology, which is really important, but then you've got to, like everything else, you've got to manage that properly too, right? And Andy, your comment about using technology to check your technology is also a really great idea. So I think that it, everything's out there, but you need people to help package it and put it together and maintain it uh, so that we can uh, really manage it properly and understand it. And Quite frankly, the boards, they really, bless their heart, they don't have a clue, they're volunteers. So it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of uh, a discussion and uh, education, but I think it's well worth it because the smarter our boards are and our residents are, the higher their expectations are and the easier it is for us to do the right thing, okay? I think that's really the key thing. Richard, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me make a comment here. And I, I want the, the contractors to hear what I'm saying. I've, I've been, I've gone before boards and uh, did the budget work and the budget, let's say the, let's say they were over budget by 50 million gallons. Okay. And I've said to the board, it's really not your contractor's fault. Uh, the equipment that you have out there is being held together by duct tape and wire. And they're basically, they're basically running around with hoses trying to water your landscape because your irrigation system is so old, it's 20 some years old, and there's no way even I, as an expert, could manage this water to a budget 
with what you have in the field. So one of the things that we do is we get the numbers, we get the cost for what would it cost to improve you know, their irrigation system? What are the things that need, are needed? Then we can say is now, if you make this investment, and, and, and Aquatrack doesn't sell equipment and we're not connected to ET Water or anybody, but what we say to the HOA is, if you'll make an investment in your, in your landscaping, make an investment in your irrigation system, then your contractor, we can help your contractor train your contractor to use this equipment and provide you with the savings. And every single time the water savings has paid for all the improvements and all of my fees. So I don't go on a property. If, if someone calls me to a property before I ever go there, I do this budget analysis. And if their budget is good, I'll just say to them, hey, you don't need me. Your budget is, you're, you're doing a good job on your budget. I'm not needed to come on the property. Now, quite honestly, that's never happened, but it could. So generally when people call me, it's because the water bills are at a place where they can't pay their other bills because their water bills are through the roof. But I just think that you can't expect someone to water to an ET budget if they don't have ET equipment. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, I think that's a really excellent point. You know, you, you need the tools to do the job. So, so thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Andy, we're almost uh, at, at an end point here. I just wanted to ask you uh, quickly, uh, uh, do you have any, any offers for our viewers today for uh, coming and attending our webinar today? I do, I do. After Jim's presentation, I'm gonna offer everybody a glass of iced tea. Um, <laughs> then I thought, well, well, I better change that up to paper towels. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, we do have an offer, you know, so uh, again, I ask a question to HOA managers and contractors all the time. First question is, do you have a budget? Most of the time, the answer is no. For the very few that say they do have a budget, the follow-up question is, are you meeting that? Are you managing to that budget? So for those that cannot answer that question, yes, I do have a budget, or are unsure about the quality or accuracy of their budget, we're offering to help put together a water budget for your, uh, for your property. So, and I just, I just want a sh quick shout out to some of the attendees that are out here, guys who I know are managing water, uh, Tom Raiden, Spencer Davies, Show McMahon, Max Moreno, Brian Bear, and Andrew Chase. I would love to hear from you guys on water management, on these budgets. And let's collaborate a little bit on some of these uh, topics we've discussed. And everybody else who's out there, uh, uh, please call, reach out, and uh, I'd like to have that same discussion, but specifically to your property, and we can uh, get a, a water budget put together for you. Yeah, that's a nice, uh, generous offer, and a nice shout-out to Josh Doris, too. Uh, Josh Doris, of course, yeah. Yeah, sorry, man. Josh. We love them. <laughs> so, uh, and Andy, I know you'll follow up with an email with that offer to everybody this afternoon that's attended, and we'll put that in there and yeah, take Andy up on his offer. I know he's going to work with Jim on that. Uh, I want to say thank you, Ken and Jim. You guys are always so insightful. You know, this water budget thing um, is difficult for two reasons. One, there's the water side of it, and then it's getting the people in the HOAs and the managers to really understand it. And nobody does a better job than you two is putting that together for everybody. So uh, thanks very Thank much. Uh, we really appreciate you guys coming on.
thank you, Andy, of course, and uh, appreciate everybody joining us today. And look for Andy's email. Uh, we'll be back uh, Friday talking about technology and agriculture with the uh, president of Jane Irrigation, uh, Eric Olson. So hopefully you can uh, join us uh, for that as well. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for having thanks, us Richard. on. Thank okay. you so much. Good job, Jim. Good job, Ken. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.